It's here and it's spectacular. The all new ESPN Chicago app. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Sandra and Hanley on ESPN 1000. Brian Hanley, you were at the game. I could not believe when I brought this up, you were actually at the game September 24th, 1985, when the Expos beat the Cubs 17-15. Obviously an interesting game, a memorable game on the field, but that is also the game where they probably, between innings, I would assume, they filmed that scene for Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, and, and you know, again, I was oblivious in the bleachers. Of the, I, I, and for I don't several remember. reasons? Yeah, well, yeah, I was you know 25 at the time, so the beer was cold and the sun was hot. Yeah, um, that's all it took. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I used to go, I used to have season tickets, weekend and holiday plan with my brothers. And we used to go whenever, you know, here's a, the, 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 I hate to put a Paul on a really fun story, but back in the day, even I would say seventh grade, I would um, be able to take the Lake Street L down to State Lake, switch to at Washington, whatever, and get on the red line and go up and get off at Addison and go to as many Cub games as I want. And my parents had no issues with it because it was safe. You know, it was those days, you know, the public transportation. It was, May, it was Mayberry. That's That was Mayberry back then. Well, I mean, it's just sad with what's going yeah. on in the city. And last night and, you know, a week last Sunday, we were sitting in, in the first Midwest, Midwest Bank studio. And I'm watching I'm looking at the marquee on, on the Chicago Theater, the iconic Chicago Theater, and I'm asking you what Letter Kenny is live. <laughs> right. And you explained it to me. Right. And, and have you watched I've, that at all yet? No, I've got Hulu now, so I'm okay, gonna start yeah, gotta it. get into that and get a, get back to us on yeah. that. But okay, so that's Sunday morning and we get out of there whatever, noon at twelve thirty. And a few hours later there's a robbery attempt and a shooting in the alley right next to the Chicago Theater. I saw and that. a bystander a stagehand for Moulin Rouge was shot, you know, wasn't involved at all. And they canceled the performance of that play that night, that musical. Mm-hmm. Last mm-hmm. night, we've had, in the past week, we've had two, two people shot at the Bean. And, I mean, look, this has been going on all neighborhoods of the city. And, and really, it, it, there's no rhyme or reason to any of it. But now it's squarely downtown. And, you know, I, I don't know that people would allow their kids to take public. I told you the story, you know, I take the blue line when I'm coming down to the studio and more and more. Now I think about driving because of the stuff that I've seen on the well, blue line. And I don't see the security that they say is out there. Hey, I, I, yeah, I, I, you know, I just as a parent, you know, would you let your kids take public transportation, go to a Sox game or a Cubs game or my to the United is, Center? My eldest is 28. And when she was of age, a teenager, maybe. No, not even. No. No, but when I was younger, yes, we did that. We did that. As, as it wasn't even. I mean, it was a thing. You, just, you got on the. No one thought that's how you moved around the city, right? Yeah. I mean, it, and it's it's really sad that we're at that point where adults. You know, I, 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 I'll just throw this out there. You know, the city council. They're talking about. You know, have they have to do about stuff about crime on the, the CTA in particular in downtown? I'd love to know how many of them actually own a venture card. And I actually rode the. Any, That's a good any, point. That's a seriously. Good point. I I I bet you would be shocked. I bet you the majority of haven't been on public transportation since they were elected to office. And well, remember promise, when Jane Byrne uh, lived in uh, Cabrini Green? Maybe Lori right? Lightfoot could just right. ride the, um, uh, the well, metro look, out there. And all these unarmed security guards that they say are going to ch- you know to stop crime and deter crime. I mean, I see them all standing around on their phones at the stations. I haven't seen them on the train. So, or the platform. So it's just one man's experience. But, you know, back in the day, you could go to any sporting event you wanted to on public transportation and not think twice about it. And and, and now, I, you know, like you said, you have adult children, uh, children who are adult age, and you wouldn't want them necessarily. No, venturing out my, my son lives on the north side. And I'm always telling him, stay off your phone. Be aware. Don't yeah, ever absolutely. be on your phone in the public. Be aware. And he doesn't return phone calls or texts, so I know that he's uh, he's actually taking my advice. 312-332-3776. We opened up this topic. You were at that game where Ferris Bueller's, uh, uh, the movie scene was filmed, and we want to hear from anybody. If you were at some sporting event and something really special happened, that is uh, a story that you've been telling for years. I have one here. And, Brian, you may remember this. 
Do you remember Lyman Bostock? He played for the Angels sure. at the time. Right. Lyman Bostock was a kid from Gary, Indiana. The Angels were coming to town to play the White Sox. This was in September of 1978. On September 23rd, after the game, after they played the game, he went back to Gary, visiting family, and he was murdered. He was a star right fielder for the Angels. He was murdered. I was, I had tickets to the game the day after where I was going to see that team because of him. I was a big fan of his as a kid. So we went to that game and it was just so, it was sad. We had a moment somber, of silence, yeah. very somber, sad, everything. It was a big, big story because he was a, well, Gary, Indiana, but a, a Chicago area kid. And that, uh, that was becoming a star in the Major League Baseball, and he was senselessly murdered. And uh, I was at the game. So I'll always remember that because he was supposed to, was supposed to have played that game, and he wasn't there, and we had to have a moment of silence, and it was uh, something very, very memorable. I was also at the Monday night Bears-Packers game where I believe a guy jumped um, out of his seat over one of the uh, – entrances or exits to catch a um a field goal do you remember that mm. it was on monday no. yeah it was monday night football the guy i think got hurt but he actually caught the ball it was this ridiculous thing and they took it from him probably too, i'm sure they the did for uh for all for his trouble well, yeah i uh <laughs> when i was covered when i was a sports writer at the sun times there right shortly after the oj trial we were at the forum in los angeles and i was covering the hawks at the time and um you had to take these rear narrow stairs down from um rink level down to locker rooms, right? Mm. So we're hustling down there after the game to to do post game interviews with players and coaches and all that. And there's a bunch of kids like a commotion following me down the stairs and some security guards trying to stop these like eleven, twelve year old kids and there are I don't know how many of ten. And they're like, You can't, you know, you can't come down here. You 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 can't go in there. And they're like you just wait. My dad's coming down here. You, you don't know who my dad is. And this kid's like giving this 12 year old's giving the security guard, you know, attitude. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And it's Robert Kardashian's kids. Uh, and, you know, so it's, it's probably what is that? Uh, Jake, you probably watch that show, right? Kardashians. Uh, yeah, uh, my girlfriend yeah. does. Yeah, that was, that was me more yeah. hassling you, but uh, thank you for the. But the O.J. Simpson stuff on Netflix, whatever that came out a couple of years mm -hmm. ago, the reenactment of it. I mean, that's something I remember and that kind of right. got me up. Well, and, and I think you're probably talking about Rob Kardashian, that kid, uh, right? probably. I mean, just you talk about it. I don't know who my dad. Uh, no, can yeah, you believe yeah. I wouldn't want to run into a Kardashian if they paid me to run into them? We were also, so we were, I was covering the Bulls and we were at Staples Center and Penny Marshall is down outside the Bulls locker room before the game and she's got her Yankees cap pulled over her head. And she, she was Laverne on Laverne, yeah. surely, for anybody right. who doesn't know. She's from New York, right? Yep. She was born and yeah, raised in New York. And she's got John Paxson cornered, a GM John Paxson at the time, <laughs> cornered in the hallway and he's like giving me the trying to give me the eye like come over here and save me like pretend you need to talk to me oh yeah we've because, all seen that from our friends when they're trapped yeah right at a party you know oh, the right. old Seinfeld episode where you're waving your scratching your ear or wave and and she just wasn't gonna let him go i don't know what they're you know she was boring him with but i had to go up there and say hey pax i need to speak to you and he's like oh thank god did he owe you thank one I, well, you say you saved him from penny marshall he he Pax was great with me. I know people, you know, don't like Gar Pax and everything else. I, I got I got nothing but great things to say about John Pax and the person. He's just a wonderful guy. So. R.I.P. Penny, by the way. Well yeah. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you if you were at a sporting event where there was uh some kind of storyline that wasn't about the actual game itself that uh, you remember and you wanna you wanna bring up here, three one two three three two three seven seven six We've got uh, we've got more to talk about uh, the White Sox. We'll touch upon your Cubs. They won yesterday. Yeah, you I want to touch upon yeah. Wilson Contreras, who was part of that ninth inning rally. And even though he didn't get a hit, and how good he's been this year, and of course he's likely not going to be here at the end of the season. But we'll also talk about you know Mankata not being in the lineup, and therefore you need home runs and where they're coming from. We'll talk about the lack of home runs. In baseball, where they've gone and are they coming back this year with the warm weather? But John Grahowski had an interesting piece in the Sun-Times. So we have a lot to cover before we got here at 1230. Well, do it. It's ESPN 1000 with Xander and Hanley.
Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. ESPN 1000, 100.3 HD2, and on the ESPN Chicago app, there is so much to listen to. So many different things on that app, Brian. And Crosstalk Unhinged is one of my favorites. Oh, boy. They've taken it to another level. They have. They have. I appreciate that. Look, it sounds like me and a couple of buddies on the south side of Chicago just at a bar. That's what it sounds like. That's entertaining as hell. That's all I know. (laughs) Yes, it is. 312-332-3776. So, Wilson Contreras. uh, Look, it, it made sense for them to keep Rizzo. To me, and I'm not even really a Cub fan. But to let Wilson Contreras walk, what sense would that make? Oh, wait, rebuilding? Well, don't say that word. You're not allowed now to. Now I can say whatever word. I want Jed to call me and tell me personally not to use that it's word. It's different here. Yeah. Yeah, it's different here. There's, yeah, it's sell, sell the ballpark when you don't have, Someone tweeted out this week, Jake and, and Mark, um, Ricketts put together his own network and then made his team unwatchable. <laughs> that is great. Yeah. Oh, I'm jealous. I wish I would have came up with that. Yeah, right? Me too. Um, so all I did was retweet that. But, you know, here you go. And it's like, you know, Tom Ricketts to the manner born. I mean, he just he lives right or he's, you know, he, he just everything seems to be OK for him. So they're going to sell Wilson Contreras high, right? Because if you've been paying attention and it's tough to do with the Chicago Cubs, he's having his best offensive season. And he's certainly been a leader on that team on and off the field since the other guys left. But he's having his best offensive season, and you know David Ross can't say enough about him, about how he's playing great, and the offensive game is as good as it's ever been. And a couple interesting things. So they're, they're going to trade trade him at the, you know, August 2nd is the trade deadline. It's pushed back this year, mm-hmm. I think. So, but, you know, he's not going to finish. They're not, they're not, there are no contract extension talks currently. Uh, he does have an arbitration hearing, I think, June 9th, um, and, you know, see where that goes. But he's not getting another contract here if they if it, last year is any indication. But so, you know, they're going to get m- more for Wilson Contreras now because of the way he's playing than they would have last year. But he, here's what he said. He said, talking about Anthony Rizzo, Javi Baez, and Chris Bryant, and how they were treated last year, and also how they handled the non-contract situation last year, knowing that they were going to be traded. He said that he heard a lot of conversations about the topic behind the scenes. So he didn't name names, but Mm. either some or all or or one, two or three of them all seemed to be in the clubhouse complaining about not getting paid and, and, you know, going to be traded, which is a human thing to do, right? I mean, you've done so much for the organization, the franchise, and now it's thanks, but no thanks. We, you know, we don't want to pay it. And this is what he said. I realized that was something I didn't want to do. I didn't want my team to lose focus of winning games or playing the game hard. I don't want different people to be bothered by my personal stuff. That's something personal. Nobody needs to hear what I think, needs to know what my thoughts are. But I'm glad that I watched them go through it because I learned from it. So you got to appreciate his attitude, right, and his approach. Absolutely. He's not in there bitching and moaning It's about, refreshing because he's got to be in the minority. Yeah, and I mean, look, I don't I don't begrudge those guys for feeling the way they did against ownership and, and not, you know, being I, – I think some of them were probably being treated fairly. I think, I, again, I think Anthony Rizzo was offered a fair contract at five well, years and 75 yeah, in million. Hindsight, it's a lot more fair. Yeah, I mean, if those numbers are accurate, and I believe they they are, you know, give or take, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think he should have signed that, and he could have finished his career here. Now, they were never going to pay Chris Bryant because of Scott Boris and Javi Baez, you know, all of a sudden he he had to get paid, and and Detroit paid him after he got traded to the Mets. Um, But it's just, you know, it's Wilson Contreras. You have to at least appreciate every time I watch a Cubs game, it's not as religiously as I used to, He's doing something that entertains me or I appreciate. And last night he took a walk to lead off the um, to to lead off the ninth and start that comeback. And he said that he's changed his approach this year. He's not just trying to hit home runs and not you know. And and David Ross said that when he's getting pitched inside, he's not trying to 
to pull it or anything else. And this, this Contreras said his strategy, I'm trying to uh, stay small at the plate, not trying to hit a homer or two in a game. I'm trying just to put the barrel on the ball and see what happens. And all his numbers are up and his strikeout rates are down. It's down to 19.7 strikeout rate. And that's down from 28.6% last season. That's impressive. Yeah. So, I mean, even at his age and he's been with the Cubs, what, seven years now? I mean, he, he's still learning, and he's even learning how to handle a contract situation that he said he experienced last year vicariously through what the other guys were going through. 312-332-3776. This brings up a good point, Brian. Do you think that um, you know it's time to move on from him? Uh, you know, because of what you're seeing on the field. I mean, is it is it a wasted asset? And maybe you should just try to continue this "quote unquote" rebuild, whatever it is. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. I could tell you selfishly, I've always pictured he, he would look nicely in a Sox uniform. Sure, we will be glad to send you Yasmani Grandal. No, no. No, 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 no. You sure? Yeah, but you, well, you're trying you to might. push Nick Madrigal back on us. I, I just, I, you did I, it last night on a text yeah. to me. I was just like, you said for what? A bag of balls? And we I don't said, need no, the I, bag I of said balls. a bucket, a bucket, and no, you said keep the balls. <laughs> we don't need the balls. Yeah, just uh, yeah. No, and balls. I do believe. I believe yesterday. Um, I believe yesterday when we were talking about uh, MLB.com had the um, article about which player on each team has to step up big time. Yes. For the, the the team to succeed this season, and Yasmani Grandal was it was Will Leach who wrote the article, and he picked uh, Yasmani Grandal. Silly man! N- none of yeah, none of us agreed with that. No, I do believe that Madrigal was his player of choice for the Cubs. Okay, and so I, okay, so I, we're, I, was, I'm seeing a theme here. Well, I mean, I get, I mean, I get why because it was a big trade for the Cubs and the Sox, and you thought you were going to get a core piece whatever, however long it takes to, to build the next great Cubs team, he was going to be part of it. But now he can't, you know, he never struck out before. And now that's all he does when he's healthy. So, you know, go Nick, figure. Well, now he's Nicky all strikes. Yeah, right. Not Nicky two strikes. Yeah. <laughs> three Nicky one, three strikes. <laughs> Nicky uh, three strikes. Yeah. Three, one, two, three, three, two, three, seven, seven, six. You know, uh, back to Yasmani for a second. Uh, in all seriousness, we've been bagging on him, and, and my main problem is that, you know, he's not being as selective as he was last year at the plate. He walked a lot. You know, again, you don't go up to the plate to try to get yourself a walk. You want to put the ball in play. But he has been hitting the ball. It's just he's hitting it to just everybody, it seems. And, he, and he's not hitting it. Uh, you know, uh, he's not getting those line drives and those uh, deep, deep uh, outs. And that uh, hopefully will come around. But I, I, I have to, again, notice his defensive work. He has been a lot less of a liability defensively this year so far. And I think, you know, if we're going to bag on him, we have to bring up those positives, too. Well, I'm I mean, just but that's what... Fair. Well, that's where the bar is, though, right? I mean, well, he's well, not, yeah. not as bad defensively, and uh, he's hitting the ball hard. And that's Tony's, you know, though. And Tony's sitting there trying to explain away Yasmani Grandel. He ignores what the the five strikeouts and the last eleven at bats. Oh no doubt. Yesterday. Look, he's not playing to the money that we're paying him. No, see, that's the problem. But at, at at this moment, but we saw last year he had a very slow start offensively, and he picked it up and. That's what we're looking for. I mean, if we're if we're giving Dallas Keuchel a chance and he's he's answered, hopefully sooner than later, uh, Grandal's got to show up. Yeah, and you know what? And last night when I'm watching the ninth inning of the Cubs game after watching the exciting Sox win, there's Jason Hayward, and we talked about you know we, we replayed the uh, Jake Arrieta uh, interview with Waddle and Sylvie talking about the meeting during Game Seven of the World Series and and how what a great teammate Jason is. And he, he goes up to the plate last night, and the, the graphic comes up on the screen, the gra- and you just see 200 batting average, and I know no one cares about that. But, I mean, every offensive, it's just like, how much money is this guy making? Great teammate or not? Great defensive player or not? I mean, it just, it's it, it had to have been better, and now we only got one more year after this one. But it's never been. I mean, it's like, it, I never really realized how bad an offensive player he was till he showed up right from St. Louis. Yeah, so, and, and you're saying there's one year left. It, it's the contract that never ends, right? Because no one wants him, and you couldn't pay off enough of it to get someone to take him. Right, right. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. What do you do with Wilson Contreras? 
if you're Jed Hoyer. Uh, you know, just the fact that he's a leader on the team and he's uh, beyond Suzuki, which, you know, that was a hot start. Not so much right now. But, um, you know, Contreras being part of that core that won the World Series. I mean, do we just say, yeah, you know, we sent everybody else away. Why, well, why don't you go away and let's get what we can for you? That seems to I mean, whether we want to believe that or not, look, if they didn't keep the other leaders of the yeah, team. Why would they? And they're not, you know, and they're not taking, uh, make an exception for Wilson Contreras. I don't believe. And if if you do want to make an exception for him, why three one two three three two three seven seven six? Cubs won last night. It was an exciting finish. I did not wander over there, but you did, Brian. I did. I was, you know, we had uh, we had game sevens, three of them yesterday. I was uh, the remote got a workout yesterday, and boy, you're you're a Hawks fan. You're a big hockey guy. I knew things were bad in Toronto. Oh boy, I, I feel so bad for Maple oh. Leafs fans. I mean, oh this is God. this is Toronto, Canada. The, for God's the sake. Hockey Hall of Fame is Hockey in Hall of Fame has been there for years. I mean, it's in an old bank this, building, right? This is the mecca, and they have had to deal with the worst you want situations to hear the over the years. And they have good teams, and they just can't finish. But for years, they didn't even have that. You want to hear the numbers? How bleak it's been. They haven't won a, a playoff series, not one, in 18 years. Since 2017, they're 0-9 in closeout games. They haven't won a Stanley Cup since Bob Pulford was on the team in was 1967. It, was that Doug Gilmore on that last playoff team that won something? Probably. Uh, I, he, he eventually came to play for the Blackhawks, but he was oh, the one decided. He uh, was my Wendell neighbor. Clark and, uh, oh, was Doug, he really? Oh, yeah, yeah. He used to go run by my apartment all the time. I, I covered that uh, Doug with the Hawks. He's yeah. a really good guy. But you know how they got Doug Gilmore? They they thought they had a Brett Hull trade done yes. for free agent signing. I remember that. Yeah, yeah there, it was it was a free agent signing. I think Brett Hull was a free agent. And he had to come kiss Bill Wirtz's ring in a meeting, and he didn't want to do it. And, by the way, Pulley or someone didn't want Bobby Hull around. So they, so, so they thought maybe Brett's not a good idea either? Right, so they they pivoted at the last minute, and I'm I'm on the phone with people talking, and uh, they told me Doug Gilmore is now is now the guy coming for I, I think it was six that. million six million a year. Um, you know, it was the ghost of Doug Gilmore, but he cashed. I mean, you know, that there wasn't exactly Brett Hall in his prime, but well, we also had Paul Coffey on the Blackhawks. Oh boy, I covered him too. <laughs> oh. And do you remember, and I know we're going down a rabbit hole, but do you remember the Keith Kuchuk thing? We almost had him, but the fax machine jammed. Jammed, right. And so the paperwork didn't get there. And the paperwork did not get there. We could have had Keith Kuchuk. That is not real. No way. Yes, Yes, it it is, Jake. Back back in the day, they had Back in the day, that's how they submitted trades via the fax machine. The fax machine jammed, and we did not get Keith Kuchuk. Which his kid is a uh, high level player now, yeah, right? And Keith looks like a guy who has is in a bowling league now. I, there was a picture of him somewhere recently, and it's <laughs> well, like, it oh my the, god, did you let, your, let let yourself go? Good for you. I mean, you had a big career and everything, but wow, wouldn't be the first athlete to you know just say, uh, yeah, I'm done. For you guys it. like Tom Thayer or the, and, and Olin are the exception where they yeah, they, they slim down they in are. shape. Right. Yeah, a lot of guys. A lot of guys say the hell with that. I'm going to have the last piece of pizza and another beer too. Thanks. Yeah. So, aren't you glad you're not dealing with fax machines, Jake? Well, I wish it was still around when Ryan Pace was here, huh? Yeah, yeah. That fax <laughs> machine jammed. Sorry, Ryan. Couldn't get Mitch Trubisky. You're stuck with. Um, <laughs> oh, what's that guy? What the? What, what's his name? Uh, Mike Glennon, Deshaun Watson, or uh, yeah, either Rose. one. Either one. You take your pick, Jake. You take your pick. Yeah. Well, 312-332-3776. Xander and Hanley, we're here until 1230. Uh, Jesse Rogers is going to do pregame for the White Sox. Connor McKnight again on the play-by-play. White Sox and Yankees, game four. Uh, try to even up the series, and that game will be heard here at 110 on ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Now, by your side, through your smart speaker. Just, Just tell, tell it to play ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. You can watch us on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Sponsored by Brothers Bond Bourbon. Go pick up a bottle of Brothers Bond. It is time to bond. 
Brian Hanley, Mark Zander here on ESPN 1000 here till 1230. That's where Jesse Rogers picks it up with the pregame today in for Connor as Connor is sitting in on the TV broadcast where the uh, White Sox will take on the Yankees at 110. You hear that here on ESPN 1000. Brian, you were talking about uh, something you caught in the Sun-Time on uh, yeah, yeah. in the Sun-Times today or yesterday. Yeah, uh, earlier in the week, John oh, Grahowski, okay. big numbers guy. When uh, I was w- working with him at the Sun Times, still is a, a great writer and big baseball guy. And he was uh, he wrote a piece on why the offensive numbers are down in baseball. And you know, of course, the lead includes cold weather, tough on hitters. You know, bats heat up when the weather warms. Mm-hmm. But the numbers are a little concerning. And like we've been talking about the last couple of days, you know, the the Yankees have no issues hitting home runs, but a lot of other teams do. Um, John writes the early returns point to a decline in scoring in Major League Baseball this season. Uh, the main culprit is a fall off in power. In uh, the teams averaged this April 4.03 runs per game, down from 4.26 last year in, in the early part of the season, which actually started in late March. You know, this year it started later. Um, and so far in May, with the warmer temperatures, the increase has only been up to about 4.8. Zero eight runs per game per team. And he points to not only batting averages and on base percentages being pretty static, mm-hmm. but slugging percentages dropped uh, to 369 this April and 374 so far in May compared with 390 and 397 last year. And last season, averages were 1.14 home runs per team per game in April. And 1.12 actually went down a little bit in May last season. This year, home runs have fallen to less than one per team per game. It's 0.91 in April and so far 0.94 in May. So Again, not even, the Yankees being the outlier. Right. And, and, and they're included in this, so they're, right, you know, they're right. boosting the averages, right? If, if this continues on, this could be the first season since um, – 2014, where I think where everyone was trying to figure out if the ball was dead, what was going on there, if the MLB had made, you know, told them to make the ball less lively. But that year, that season, 0.86 home runs per team per game. So it's been eight years since we've seen a, 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 a de- decrease to under one home run on average per team per game. And a couple of years ago, a couple of seasons ago, it's like, what you know, the ball's got a you know, it's a rabbit ball, right? It, it, everything you hit up in the air, it's going out out of the ballpark, no matter who you are. And every, how many t- twenty five home run guys did you have throughout populating both uh, the American League and National League a couple seasons ago? Right. So it's down considerably. And if you're now betting on your sportsbook apps, you know the totals are down, right? I mean, it's seven point five total runs per game. It's six and a half, seven. It used to be eight and a half nine, whatever, and you don't see much more than eight runs per game. Uh, and that that's pretty much the exception. A lot of 7.5 runs if you're betting totals in baseball right now. Now, we've heard about the inconsistency with the baseballs this year. Um, who was it? Was it uh, – I can't remember what pitcher it was. Somebody from uh, Oakland, uh, Bassett, right? It was Bassett that uh, – there was that sound bite a few weeks ago. Where he was talking about how you know every ball is different, you know, could this be part of what we're talking about here? Well, it, it can. I mean, you know, theories abound by you know, is it a different ball, whatever? And, and look, by the way, we now have universal DH, right? That was supposed to help the offense in the National League, right? <laughs> it, sound, it sounds like it should, right? And well, guess what? Through last Sunday, NLDH had an OPS of only six two three. And they slashed 204, 292, and uh, 331. That's the weakest output of any position with catchers next up at 633 OPS. So, now, did you say National League only or across both? Uh, it, it was, no, that's across both. But okay. when you have more DHs, and get, that's all they can do is hit, right? right. I mean, that's what mm-hmm. they're there for. Yeah. Yeah. And and the numbers aren't are not all that. I mean, it's it's just and and so they're we'll see, I guess, in another month or two if the warm weather really uh, starts increasing these numbers. But the way the trend is, it doesn't appear that that's going to be the case. Well, and look, how many, uh, we, we'd have to sit and count, but there are plenty of what would you call warm weather? I mean, you know, we had 
the season started uh, for you know, in, in Southern California. That's warm weather compared to what we saw here. So how what is warm and yeah you know and then, well, then we have, went from it, snow to eighty five. Sure, like sure here, days, but right? here, yeah. but I'm saying in 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 uh, in uh, Florida or in Southern California or in Arizona. I mean, these are places that. We're not experiencing what we were experiencing here or in Minnesota or in Cleveland. So what is the difference there? And, and then, uh, then of course, you have stadiums that have, uh, you, know, uh, you know, they can close, you know, like Milwaukee, where if they, it's in Clement, they just close the roof. Right. But, I mean, it, it was just a couple short seasons ago that we were, you know, wondering, Every, it was the, what, what were the likely outcomes? It was a home run or a strikeout, right? Yes. And and they want to do, you know, how are you going to start getting uh, more action on the base pass and more? And and now you've got just people aren't hitting home runs. And before it was like anyone could hit a home run and, and hit 15 to 20 of them. All right. Guys so, who weren't used to doing it. Right. So here may be a dumb question from your days uh, of covering and, and traveling with teams and such, and maybe it's different now, but... Would Major League Baseball be making it obvious to ownership, team ownership, if they are changing the ball to enact a change in the game? Or is that something that happens in secret and everybody just speculates? Well, I mean, okay, so the the Rockies used to have the the humidor, right, to to keep the baseballs because of the the thin air. Right, with the the cigars, yeah. But apparently everyone's doing that now. Um I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's because it. Uh, I, I I would love to find out, and I guess by the end of the season we'll find out if these numbers hold up or it was just an early season thing. But we've gone from baseball seemingly wanting as many home runs and and many runs on the board as possible to to seemingly over adjusting. In, yeah. in this now. Do you remember, there was a documentary, and I can't remember when I saw it, but it was the way that they treated the baseballs with that mud from... Yeah, New Jersey, right? New, it was a family right. of yes, the banks yes. of a river in and New I, Jersey. I, they, they are not part of it anymore, are they? I don't believe so. I, I always wondered what they, they... That was the family business. And right, it was, through, it was like special mud from the yeah. river, the creek... Yep. And they treated all the baseballs. Now, well, according to the umpires, Bassett, the the umpires used to have to rub up like six dozen baseballs, and then the, the clubhouse kids started doing it. I think the home clubhouse kids do, but the umpire's duties used to be well. One the one I think the home plate umpire used to have to go out and sit in the the box seats during batting practice and write down names. You weren't supposed to to to, to fraternize with the opposition. So and now everyone's slapping each other on the back. Everyone knows you know it, it's like he played with a guy last year and. But back then you would get fined. So one umpire is doing that. The other one's rubbing up the baseballs with the special mud from the river. And as you said, well, I actually thought had... it was done before they delivered the baseballs. But regardless, it, they were all treated with this same mud, and and everything was consistent. And that's what Chris Bassett, pitcher from the A's this year, was saying that it's not consistent. Some uh, some of the seams are raised, some are not. So it seems I, I can't we'll, even fathom why they would not take in a consistent approach to the ba- uh, to the baseball major leagues. And what was the the gorilla glue, the spider? What was the, the uh, spider uh, tack? Yeah, spider tack. You know, did, did, when they could control, when pitchers could control the baseball better, were they? You know, was it were we seeing more strikes? I don't I don't know. Um, and now. Guys complain it's like throwing a cue ball, and they really don't know where the ball's going to go, right? So if you don't get center-cut fastballs and you're getting a lot of stuff inside you're ducking from, maybe you, you can't barrel up the ball. Right, and that's true. And it's interesting in this whole thing if there are more walks because of control. Don't talk to Yasmani about that because the answer is no. No, he, not for him. Not yeah. for him. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Very interesting on uh you know overall numbers on baseball you know again it's been warm other places we're just starting to get warm here so hopefully that will uh create a, a positive Otani change. hit his 100th home run yesterday yes he did yes he did and he is uh i think he is second only to is it matsui now yeah, for uh, a Japanese player not not the former bulls uh, bears fullback matsui no not no <laughs> Hideki Matsui. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's good one, Brian. 312 332 3776. We're going to take a break and come back and 
Talk about the Bears. We have a poll that we want to reintroduce and see if you want to jump on and talk about this because, you know, it's it's pretty interesting. Where are the Bears going to finish in the division? It ain't first. Sorry. 312-332-3776. We'll cover that more here. It's Hanley and Xander on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Hanley and Xander on ESPN 1000. Jesse Rogers with the pregame at 1230. Connor McKnight on the play-by-play. White Sox take it on the Yankees. Game four of the series. We'll try to even it up. Game time, 110. Is so Mankata in the lineup yet? Uh, you know what? Tony has not texted me personally to say he has fixed the obvious mistake. And Gavin Sheets. Yeah. And Gavin Sheets. Look, if, if I had my choice either way, it would be, okay, Gavin... Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matchup. We'll give that to Tony. But yeah, Yuan, right. you're in. Yuan, you're you. in. And so is yeah. Harrison. Garcia, have a seat, my friend. Lurie. Yeah, Lurie. Tony loves Lurie. Yeah, he does. It's a. I believe that's on Netflix. It's yeah, that is. Series. Yeah, that is a new sitcom on Netflix. Yeah. 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 Limited time only. <laughs> ESPN One Thousand on Twitter. We have a uh, a poll. We want you to weigh in on there or here at three one two three three two three seven seven six. And I love how you put this. Assuming the heavily favored Packers will win the division, it's not like we're going to give the Bears a chance to be number one. Where no, will well, they I, finish? In the division, second, third, or fourth. First well, is not an option. Vegas doesn't give any other team than the Packers a chance to. I mean, if you look at the odds, right? Well, of course. I mean, they're they're of minus 170, right. and I think the next uh, is like plus 280, plus 850, plus 950. I think the Bears are like plus 950 to win the division. Now, we're not going to go through every game on the schedule and say, if it's a win or a loss, and no. give you a final score. But we are going to ask you, where are they going to finish in the division as it stands today? 312-332-3776, and why? What, what is your thinking? First, well, it, not an option. Yeah, well, uh, my guy Josh Schrock at the NBC Sports Chicago, and, and hopefully we'll get him on next week, because um, I really like what he does, but he does, did his power ratings coming into OTAs, right? Mm-hmm. And... He did it for the entire league, not just the North. And he actually had the Bears one spot ahead of Detroit. And we talked about this a little bit. And you, you said exactly what Josh said. Jared <laughs> is Goff, Goff is still, still playing? Yeah. yeah okay, Jared then. Goff is yeah. Jared Goff. But they have, they were, they, they upset some teams last year. They played hard for the meatball, Dan Campbell, who looks like out of central casting. You know, you'd, the guy who talks about knocking guys' knees out and you know making them pay and all this stuff. I mean, it's like a two-drink minimum to watch a press conference because you, they're like, this guy isn't for real, right? It's got to be an act. But they are a year ahead of the Bears in terms of blowing the thing up, and they did have some progress last year, and they did actually win some games they shouldn't have won, and they actually looked like they wanted to compete and, and, and actually be involved. And, you know, now that... Could those the, wins have been a, a happy accident? Well, I mean, Josh has got them as a four-win team, so the Bears just have to be one better. And right. I, you know, I don't, I don't know that they are. Best-case scenario, I guess you could be a five- or six-win team if everything goes right and Justin Fields actually stays on the field healthy and progresses like you hope he will. Mm-hmm. But that's a lot of ifs, right, given the, the surrounding Well, there's so, many the ifs, there's so many ifs in any given season for any given team. But you wonder what Hallis Hall is projecting as far as, uh, we'll never know. They're not no. going to let us know, but no. you, you wonder what they're realistically projecting. Yeah. You know that well, they're looking at the schedule going, okay, we well, think Ryan, that we've got th- these handled. How Ryan, many Poles, Ryan Poles is just like uh, Kyle Davidson at the Hawks. I mean, they're being very honest, like, hey, this isn't a quick fix. Don't think this is going to happen in one offseason well, they, they but how refreshing to get everybody ready. Now, uh, there are going to be a lot of fans that lose their patience, but it's not because you haven't been told. No. It's like, hey, this this going to take a lot of work and a lot of heavy lifting, and we're trying, but you know, I'm, you didn't wow anyone with what you've done so far in, in the draft and the offseason because you didn't have first-round picks, and, and your roster was decimated, and not much there. So 
but they they know that it's realistically it's it's a few seasons uh, and you know maybe four who knows and and look in the in the NFL plenty of teams 25% of the teams i think on average go from the outhouse to the penthouse they finish last one year and they end up winning the division not with Aaron Rodgers still in Green Bay and not with the, the offensive line. Well, that's a, is that a year-by-year proposition, though, for him up there? I think this is the last contract, but yeah. you know, it's a pretty good one. So. Right, right, right. But, but as you mean it the stands right now... Is the soap opera going to start up again? Yeah, oh, sure it will. Come on. We can count on it like clockwork. Well, yeah. I, th- I mean, I think because he agreed to terms that but it's only he, one year that, uh, you know, that's it, right? Or is it a multi-year? I can't remember. I think it's a multi-year. I mean, but look, I, th- I don't think he's going to be throwing a football for anybody else. But, you know, I thought Tom Brady was a retired, too. So how about that? That guy's going to make how much money for Fox? Right. He, he, he's got, he's the got a gig. gig lined up before he's even done. It pays him like $30 million a year. More than he made for playing football. Absolutely. Well, if Troy Ankman can get it. I mean, well, not, I mean not, not, not Troy. What, oh, Tony Romo. I was going to say, Romo. Tony Romo yes, paved yeah. the way for him. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, he just more than doubled what Tony Romo was making, and that was ridiculous. And we thought that that was ridiculous, yes. Right. But Tom Brady is Tom Brady. 312-332-3776. Where do you think that they'll finish? I, you know, I think I happen to agree that they'll, they'll finish third ahead of the Lions. And the Vikings said, you know, reboot with their front office, too. And, and you know, but Kirk Cousins is still stealing money up there. I mean, as, as Josh Schrock wrote, the Vikings National Bank owes him $40 million this year and like $30 million next year. <sighs> I mean, Kirk Cousins is going to make. And we thought we played Mike Lennon a lot of money. Well, we did. Well, you did. Yeah. I mean, two things can be true at same time. Uh, yes, yes. That's Eighteen million for one year of Mike Lennon, or four games, actually four games of Mike Lennon. It was supposed to be one year, and Kirk Cousins is going to bank what two hundred fifty million dollars by the time it's all said and done in his NFL career, something like that. Yep, yep. And nice uh, work if you can get it. Not to yeah, not a lot to show for it. So uh, I- interesting. Yeah, certainly it's so early. Uh, we don't know what really this is going to look like, but it's fun to kind of figure okay i think the bears have what it takes to maybe finish third in the division we'll see what happens three one two three three two three seven seven six tell us where you think they'll finish and why uh twitter you can jump on there at espn 1000 we certainly can do that now uh when we come back we'll be back in two minutes but when we come back we're going to hear brian and i like when music and sports intersect if you're a music fan and a sports fan, why not? Why wouldn't you? And this past week, Waddle and Sylvie talked to a, a hometown guy who made a name for himself in a band called the Smashing Pumpkins. You know him as Billy Corgan. We will hear that interview replayed here on ESPN 1000 when we come back. It's okay if you missed your favorite show. Podcasts are ready. The all-new ESPN Chicago app is here. This is Chicago's home. For sports, this is ESPN 1000. Many, many fine rock and roll bands have come from the city of Chicago and the Chicagoland area, Brian. And uh, Billy Corgan and the Smashing Pumpkins being one of them in the last 30 years, one of the bigger ones. And Waddle and Sylvie had a talk with Billy Corgan this past week, a very busy Billy Corgan. He was on James Corden yesterday. He was on Howard Stern two days ago, I believe. He got his uh, hands in the Smashing Pumpkins, were inducted into the Chinese theater uh, in Hollywood, and now he gets the honor of coming on Waddle and Sylvie. I'm sure that's the highlight, right, Billy? Well, you know, after doing all this high-profile things, I said, what can I do next that keeps the, the, the adrenaline up? <laughs> the icing on the cake, right, Billy? This is it? it, it it's like Waddle going across the middle in the old days, right? You know, Billy, I was saying to Sylvia, I try to equate everything to football. So I said to Sylvia, we were trying to get a prediction. Like, what's your pregame meal? What do you do to get prepared to do a show that night? Do you have any superstitions? Okay, you're getting deep here. Now, I, I don't eat. Um, I Basically, if I have a 9 p.m. show, I won't eat after 2 p.m. So I go Basically, I don't eat until after the show, so I want an empty stomach because uh, I sing better on an empty stomach. Um, and the only ritual I have before the show is tie your shoes tight because you don't want to be tying your shoes in the middle of the show. 
are you superstitious when you watch your favorite teams? Uh, I used to be because I was a Cubs fan and we needed every, every ounce of help we could get. And actually, you, could, you can make that the same argument again now that I think about it. Yeah. Where are you with them? And, and that, that's a, it's a hot topic. It's a polarizing topic right now. And I know you've always been passionate about the Cubs. They're not spending. People are always quoting uh, Tom Ricketts with biblical losses. Are they in a bad spot with you right now? No, because uh, I've been complaining for years. Uh, that when they went home run crazy, that was just the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Um, I, I, I cannot tell you the games I went to where, you know, they would do the shifts and it'd be Kyle Schwarber up there, who I loved as a player, and, and all he had to do was poke the ball down the, down the left field line and the Cubs scored two and we're back in the game. But now he's swinging for the fences, and, and then he gets a home run and he hits a monster home run and all the Cubs fans love him and everyone's cheering and he's hitting two thirty two, And he's a good hitter, you know what I mean? Like, you, you know, you take the Chris Bryant's of the world, the, the Schwarbers of the world. If they just hit the way they should hit, they're all good hitters. They're not, they're not 230, 250 average hitters. So I really like the fact that they've recommitted to becoming a uh, score runs, however you go, you know, score runs. I grew up on Whitey Herzog, watching him kick the Cubs, you know, what's all over the yard again and again. And watching those, those great uh, Cardinal teams, you know, just play small ball and just kick the Cubs, you know, behind for years. So. I, I don't care how you win. You just got to win. So I like the fact that they at least need to be moving in the right direction. I think some of the signings have been good and solid. It's hard to understand, though, sort of what the moral center of – that's probably not the right way to put it, but, like, what's the, what's the real center of this team? Because for years we had Rizzo, right? At least when you looked at Rizzo, you thought, okay, there's the heart of the team. That's the kind of team this is, for better or for worse, right? And now we don't have that. So, what, you know, whose team is it? Uh, who's who's the guy in the in in you know in the locker room that you know you're going to follow into the trench? So I think that's the hard thing as a Cubs fan. Like, sort of, where does this go? Are we going to do four years of free agent rotisserie league? I, well, I want them to sign somebody, don't you? Like that that's the biggest complaint is what are they doing? Are we going to be waiting here like 2011, 12, 13, 14 to get to 15, or can they reset this quicker? Right. Well, I. I um, you know, I, I have a good relationship with the Cubs, so I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not a hostile fan in that regard. But I will say that I was sort of surprised by some of their comments at the end of last year where they sort of assured everyone that they were going to spend money and they were going to remain competitive. And then you don't really see that. And I think they set themselves up for that. I'm more of like, just tell me the truth. Like, if, if we're in a long rebuild, then just call it for what it is. And then let's really focus on, is the rebuild going in the right direction? Do we have the right manager for a rebuild? Um, who are you going to rebuild around? Like, who are your stars of the future that you, you know, are still going to be here four years from now, that type of thing. And I think that, that, that part's a little confusing based on their messaging at the end of last year. We're talking to Billy Corgan. It's Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. Rizzo's in town right now with the Yankees. If I were to give you a choice that you can only go to one game, to see Javi with Detroit, Schwarber with Philly, Rizzo with uh, the Yankees, or... KB with Colorado, which, which game are you picking? I'm a Rizzo guy. Um, I, to me, he plays baseball the right way. Um, he, he reminds me of a lot of the guys I grew up on, you know, the Pete Roses and the, and the you know, heck, Tommy Hurst. You know what I mean? I, 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 I'm, a pure, I'm a baseball purist. I don't like them tinkering with the game. Uh, I think it's a beautiful game. Harry Carey used to always talk about how perfect the game of baseball was, and you never could say a more true thing in this world. Don't tinker with the game. Find people pay, play baseball the right way, 162 games out of the year, and you're going to win more often than not. Um, and that's not to put down the other guys. I, I, my heart will always be with them. Um, you know, I, I was there, you know, ninth inning in, in, in Cleveland. You know, that was one of the greatest moments of, of my life to just be selfish about it, you know, to watch them win a World Series in person. But Billy, um, it, go ahead, I'm you, sorry. I was going to say, when you look back, uh, it was a brilliant time. Three trips to the NLCS, one World Series title. Do you look at it as an overall great time, or do you look at it in some ways like you wish that there would have been more than one title? Because fans are divided on that issue. Hey, the Chicago Bears, should the, should the Super Bowl shuffle team won two or three? Yes. yes. Should that team have won two or three? Yes. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I don't want to hear the excuses. They, the, the way they... Look, let's, let's not forget that the, the World Series year, they barely, barely, barely won that World Series. 
they came within an eyelash of losing that World Series. Oh, yeah. After they won that World Series, I didn't necessarily see a lack of effort, but what I saw was a conviction that swinging for the fences was going to be the way that team was going to power itself to more World Series, and I just I didn't see that yielding the results. And when I didn't see it yielding the results that you should see in an elite team, where they were winning those, those close games where you're supposed to win those close games, the fact that they doubled and tripled and quadrupled down on that strategy, that to me was insanity. And now we're dealing, as fans, now we're dealing with the fallout of a lot of dumb decisions. Mm-hmm. And I, I, to me, everybody can take that analytics stuff and shove it you know where. <laughs> that's, that's, not, that's not baseball. That's not baseball. You know, great points that Billy Corgan's making as uh, he was a guest of Waddle and Sylvie. This past week here on ESPN 1000, you can find that, Brian, on the app, both as part of their show and then as a separate, uh, you know, area where you can hear the whole interview with Billy. But isn't it great to hear Billy? He has some great insight on on baseball. He's an old timer. Absolutely. And a purist. And and just the way he articulates. He's absolutely right. The messaging is what is they're guilty of as much as anything when they, you know, don't don't you know what on my leg and tell me it's raining. Just tell me what's going on. Right. right? I mean, don't tell me you're going to spend and 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 going to what they say spend wisely in the off season, which is not what, spend a lot. Right. <laughs> what does that really mean? Yeah. And and you know, Seiya Suzuki, I'm hoping was a good signing. You know, to be determined. Uh, you know, we've seen the early flashes, early returns were like, oh, this guy's going to be great, and we'll see. But you know, Billy Corgan's right. If if you're going to be, do what Ryan Poles and Kyle Davidson's doing. If, if, if it's starting from scratch and, and don't worry, we got this, but it's going to take some time, I think most people would buy into the program. But don't try to sell me one thing and keep ticket prices where they are and, and try to bank you know bank as if it's a contending team when it's not. You know, I, I, I have been in rock radio for a long, long time. Uh, I've talked to many, many over the years. Never had a chance to talk to Billy, but I've heard many, many interviews over the years. And I'll tell you something. He is so much more passionate about talking about sports right there than I've ever heard him talking about the Smashing Pumpkins. It's wow, really, really amazing. funny. Yeah, it is. But, I mean, he's a Chicago kid, right? A Chicagoland kid that has skin in the game. He's a Cubs fan. He's a Bears fan. And he sees it as a fan, as we do. And he's saying a lot of the things that you hear a lot of different fans saying. I could tell you that I saw them live at the Riviera Theater back in uh, October of 95. This was kind of a famous show because... Cheap Trick was a big influence on many, many bands, including Smashing Pumpkins. So the Pumpkins had Cheap Trick opening. And I'll never forget it. There was a power outage in the middle of the Pumpkin set. Nine minutes and three seconds. I actually looked it up online because they actually have the track list. And it was a it was a big show. But have you ever been to a concert where the power went out? Uh, yeah, actually, no. When the air conditioning went out, I saw the Jayhawks at the Vic. Well, the air conditioning, was, yeah, that's a, that's a different kind a of problem. Swe- it was a sweltering night, and yeah. they're opening up the the doors to the alleys. And everything. I mean, it was it was a mess. But the Riv, they actually had seats back then, right? When you were talking about, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, to- the, but that stage power went out, so they literally were done and had to everything stopped for nine minutes. I have been to. I can't even tell you the number of concerts over my lifetime. That's the only time I've ever seen that happen. And that was such a big, big night for a couple of home area bands. It's a big, big show. It was broadcast on radio stations across the U.S. And they had a power outage. Very, and you and you you saw you saw Smashing Pumpkins before they were being broadcast across the country and they were a big deal, right? You 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 experienced them when they were just a Chicago. Yeah, uh, yeah. Band, when they're right? in right by that time in '95, they were a huge, huge deal. But yes, saw them be way before that. I, I you know in college we had like uh, sampler records where this band Smashing Pumpkins had a song on him. It was uh, definitely a grassroots operation for them here in Chicago for a long, long time. And then what was your, what was your just it blew up. Well, you know, Metro and all these, what were your favorite small venue, your clubs, mm-hmm. where you would go to? I like the Vic. I saw a fair yeah. amount of uh, bands at the Vic and the Riv too, kind of interchangeable there. Yeah, you know, like I said, years ago I went to the Riv, and I don't think any of the seats actually worked. They were all broken down, and they were selling. And they, beer and look, if you're sitting, if you're sitting down at a rock concert, no, then I, you shouldn't I be there. <laughs> but I mean, I went to the Congress Theater, and the uh, the band's uh, dressing rooms were mobile homes out in the alley, 
and they were selling knockoff booze uh, on cart tables in the lobby. I mean, they hadn't put a dollar into the place in forever, right? Yeah, you know, but that's that's uh, that's a uh, quaint part of for the charm. Rock. Yeah, that's part of the yeah. charm. It's very quaint for a rock concert. All right, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna come back and wrap wrap up the polls here, and uh, some of the things we've been talking about here on ESPN One Thousand. Remember Jesse Rogers pregame at twelve thirty here on ESPN. Then Connor McKnight and DJ with the play by play. White Sox taking on the Yankees. Game time at one ten here on ESPN One Thousand. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. Hanley and Xander just about to wrap things up here on ESPN 1000. Brian, hot off the Twitter presses. Did you see this? No. James Fegan tweeted out, Tony LaRusso said they planned for Yohan Mankata to have a day off this weekend, and this is it. I want to say to Tony, thank you for the explanation. Still doesn't make sense. Still time to change your mind. You know, that's a thing now, though. Managers, when they tell, especially a veteran guy, that they're, they're going to get a day off. It's like, but you promised me a day off, Tony. Yeah. Come on. Well, I, mean, I, I mean, don't want to play. He, you know well, he may, didn't do that. No, he didn't do that. He might say, I, I'd rather be out there. But it's now a thing where they let him know so mentally they can prepare to, to enjoy the day. Uh, he's avail- available to pinch it, I suppose. Hey, when you him. ever got a day off, an unexpected day off, did you not appreciate it because you didn't mentally prepare for it? Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but it's a whole different world. Right? I know, I, just, I know. That, uh, it just just reinforces see, how old I am. Well, Tony, and the other day, he's like, well, we weren't going to use that, you know, Foster, because we needed him for extra innings, and we weren't going to use him because of pitching. I mean, he's he's got four days of, of planning done in ink, apparently, and right. nothing can change. Well, I, look, I, I, you know, the pitching thing is a little different because there are moving parts and pieces. Sure. But but my whole thing is, why does Okada need the day off? Yeah. He just got back from the IL. He's hot from either side of the plate. He's playing great defense. There's no reason, as far as you're I'm concerned, to give you're him... Preaching, yeah, you're right. preaching to the choir here. Right. I mean, I agree with you. I, and, I, you and, know, I, yeah, uh, Fagan also said that uh, he said, uh, and this is Tony, Kendall Graveman is unavailable today. That's fine. Pitched two solid innings yesterday. Right. Was less mm-hmm. definitive about Joe Kelly and seemed downright optimistic that Liam Hendricks can pitch today if needed. We've seen wow. uh, we've seen him pitch back-to-back days. Well, I mean, Not, not many, always to success, but we've seen it. Yeah, yeah, and and he was pitching lights out during the win streak too. So, okay, uh, here's hoping, but that that seems like you might be pushing it a little bit. Maybe so, maybe so. But the Yohan Mankata thing really doesn't make any sense now. And I've also heard this too, where these days, if somebody has a day off, the managers and and maybe I'm just talking about Tony here, but have committed that they will not even go to them. For um, you know, yeah, you're right. uh, pinch you're hitting, right. yeah, and, and right. that's and, 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 and that's another level of I don't get it. I know yeah. three three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you can make sense of this for us, then tell them not even come to the ballpark, right? So you're not even tempted. Just tell you want you know. So right. Home Why would you not look over at him and say we need that bat? I know I told you, yeah, you know I give you the day off. I mean, are there some union rules that I'm not aware of here? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't. You know? There's been a lot of changes in the last year or two with uh, free runners and everything else. But I don't believe the ML Players Association decided that what hey, you say. If you, to, tell them that if you told them that you off. would give them a day off, you have Initial to give them a day here, off. sign here. You know, put, like, you know, I'm gonna put that in writing. He's getting Sunday off. Absolutely makes no sense. Michael Kopech on the mound today. We've got a left-hander throwing for the Yankees, so that's why we're probably not seeing Gavin Sheets in the lineup today. Uh, but it sounds like Gavin would be available because he doesn't have the day off. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know what's happening. Well, you got to win this game, so you know. Yes, you do. You, right, all hands on deck, as you said, but uh, all hands are not available apparently. No, because there's a big difference, at least confidence-wise, feeling-wise, when you hit the road going one for three against the Yankees versus splitting out, especially the way the series started. Yes. you feel The feel-good would be 
taken the, la- the 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 final two after being embarrassed the first two. Right, and there were enough of uh, enough of a run deficit in the first two games that uh, you know they could have covered four games with that double digits. <laughs> yes, they, so, they so with that, uh, you know, the fourth game is very and very important and. Look, I, it is a long season. You do have to rest your players, but sometimes it just doesn't make sense. And this is where we hope that Tony Larusa is smarter than we are. Well, I know he's smarter than I am, but okay, and but. and he may be, but you know, the fan in me says you know, we we've got to see him. We've got to see him, and especially because Garcia's on the field. But we know that Tony loves Larry. Larry, yeah, loves Again, him on Netflix now. Yeah, 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 limited time. It yeah. got canceled real quick. I think there's only <laughs> they like dropped three, four. four episodes, yeah. and that was that's it. it. That's it. They had enough. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We're also on Twitter, uh, ESPN one thousand. We have a couple of polls here, and we were talking about this a little earlier. Um, shifting to football for a second here. Assuming the heavily favored Packers will win the division, where will the Bears finish? Your opinion as of today, and you said that uh, your guy Josh Schrock, just, Josh Schrock. yeah, said that uh, you know he had done some legwork, and it was his feeling that they would finish ahead of the Lions in third Correct. place. In the power rate, power ratings, he's got them one spot ahead. Uh, the Bears one spot ahead of uh, Dan Campbell's Lions with Jared Goff. All right, so do we want to uh, go to Jake and see how this shaped up here? Jake, what do we got on this poll here? So leading in the poll is fourth, obviously, with 43.6%, but not too far behind is third with 41.4%. Okay. And then after Closer that, I thought. obviously There's... second with 149 Okay, no, yeah, no chance at second, but third or fourth. Okay, anybody's guess. It's a race to the bottom between the Lions and the Bears. Well, I have them as the last place team, and that's because I just look at this thing and don't know how it's going to be appreciably appreciably better than last year. And I do think the Lions have probably more than four wins in them, but that Josh Schrock had them for four wins, which means, you know, five wins for the Bears on this schedule. You better get them early, right? Or Not early because the Packers and uh, Niners, I mean, it's a pretty tough schedule for mm-hmm. the Bears starting out. Right. The whole schedule is tough for the Bears given where they're at, actually. Yep, but yeah, that's closer than I thought. Third and fourth, I, I thought there'd be more people saying last place and move on. I'm going to say third because I do believe that uh, there's going to be a better system in place, and there's going to be quicker development with a better system in place. And although it's not going to start off pretty, I think they'll catch a gear. They'll and, play cleaner football, right? They won't make stupid penalties and, oh, and here's hoping penalties so. after timeouts. And, I mean, here's hoping so. Yeah, I mean because that that. Uh, you know, like the White Sox at times this year, when when you're beating yourself, you have absolutely no chance. Mm-hmm. It's like you're playing two different teams at the same time. Yeah. All right, so we've got another Twitter poll, and this is all about the White Sox, which White Sox coming up playing the Yankees at 110. Uh, Today, game time, 1230. Jesse Rogers on the pregame. If the White Sox, if, had a must-win game and everybody was equally rested... Who would you put on the mound? Here are your choices. Michael Kopech, who is starting today. Lucas Giolito, who hopefully soon will get off the COVID-19 list. Dylan Cease or Dallas Keuchel. And as you said earlier, when we unwrapped this poll, Dallas Keuchel was not in the conversation for even staying on the team. Last week, a week ago, yeah, last last Saturday, we were wondering what a difference two starts makes. Yeah. And it was yeah. last Saturday that he did pitch for Boston, and we were hoping against hope that he would make some sort of, you know, a comeback somewhat. And he did; he pitched decent. And then yesterday, a really nice game. So what uh, what does that poll look like, Jake? So from worst pitcher to best, it's Lucas Giolito leading the way. With 41.6%. And then Dylan Cease is not too far behind with 37.2%. And then the rest is not not really in there. Michael Kopech with 15.5%. And again, he made his way in today in the conversation. Dallas Keiko with 5%. Okay, well, at least he had 5 It would have been negative 5 last week. Aren't you surprised that Kopech didn't get more votes? Because they were all, the, he, you know, when he arrived, we all anticipate his arrival on the south side. And he, you know, he he wows us with the velocity, and you know, then he had the injury, and they took the year off, and all that. Here's it's why just, I'm not surprised okay. because 
it's been a slow burn with him. Mm-hmm. You know, you had the injuries, you had he opted out the COVID year, there have been fits and starts. It's been a slow burn. And I think people are just starting to get used to the fact that he might actually reach his potential. Dylan Cease, I would think that that would have been tighter between him and Giolito because, uh, you know, I know Giolito is our guy, but boy, has Dylan raced up that list. Was with, it the man bun with Kopech? Yeah. Maybe that's it. Are we that against man buns? I don't care. I've never had one, care. but I, I, I'm still not. Hey, at a, least you know, he gets it out of the way. Josh Hader lets that stuff just fly. And hey, it's just, I, I, yeah. I wish I had the kind of hair where I could, you know, even think about doing that. Right? Well, well, you I know, wish I, I just wish I had hair. That's what I should. Just All right, we'll just we'll make sure to get you a wig for next week. All <laughs> right, Jesse Rogers coming up with the pregame in moments. Connor McKnight on the play-by-play with J, uh, DJ. It's White Sox and Yankees at 110 here on ESPN 1000. Jake, thank you for uh, keeping us on track. Brian, always a pleasure. We'll talk to you next week.